Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. social you'll see more and more insanity about the blue line there was a vote you lost okay indianapolis is the one that's losing all we're trying to do is try and help dedicated bus lanes don't take away from cars of course they do by definition they do oh it's just a small delay you can live with it why why should the business owners? And then, of course, the ever popular. I never threatened any businesses. Sure. Dude, you got it. I've been wanting to get rid of the red line, the blue line, the purple line since, since its inception. These are bad ideas, bad for business. Why do you want to get rid of buses? No one's getting rid of buses. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. No one's getting rid of buses, as I've stated many times. If I wanted to get rid of the buses, I would lose that battle. I would lose that battle. This is about dedicated bus lanes for electric buses that never came to be that do damage businesses. Oh, look at the studies that show how the property values increase. No one uses the the red line. It doesn't have a usage. Well, that was because of COVID. The bus is a 20th century solution for a 21st century problem. If you were talking about real solutions, I'd be all over it. By the way, I'm not a bus guy. Uh, no one wants the bus. But trams and trains and all that, I love that stuff. Used to, when I lived in D.C., years ago, took the Metro all the time. Metro was incredible. Now, dangerous is all get out, which is awful because the Metro is an incredible way to get around that city. You know what Indianapolis is not? Washington, D.C. Maybe this push for all the public transportation in the world doesn't actually connect to the reality on the ground. And without question, and the thing that none of them will admit, of course it's about getting cars off the road. This is what they want. It is about limiting mobility, and I will oppose in every single way limiting mobility. I apologize for nothing. But this brings us to uh, the General Assembly, which has delayed a vote on the blue line because of the testimony uh, that they heard. Oh, we didn't have many people speaking out in favor of the blue line. Maybe that's because of the threats they get. I don't know. But what you do have is the state now saying, you know that Mile Square Tax District, which is, of course, criminally insane? Well, we were opposed to it, but now... Now we might let it happen. This tax district, this economic enhancement district, said to the the people who have property in the mile square, you pay more. 
Well, what are you going to do with it? Oh, well, we're going to claim that it's going to really beautify the city. And the chamber's in favor and others. You pay. We'll decide what to do with it. That that works out great. Again, again, I'll say Indianapolis, uh, you vote for these things. You vote for these people. You, What do you want from me? I promised myself I wouldn't get worked up. All I do is note the issue. I share with you what I think should happen. But you vote for this stuff. You're the ones who have to live with it. I don't know why you don't fight for your own, you know, freedom of mobility. I don't know why you fight for your own dollars. Or is it you don't care because it's somebody else's problem? Ah, let them suffer. That's just weird stuff. So the city county council had voted along party lines to create this economic enhancement district, boundaries of the mile square. And these people who uh, who own properties in it, uh, they would pay these uh, advanced fees. So then there was a move uh, by the state to say, yeah, we're not going to allow this. You can't just create a tax district. You see, that's the state saying this is our purview, not a city's purview. <gasps> oh, my gosh, the state's getting involved. There are times where I think the state gets involved and I don't quite understand it. There are times where the state wants to jump in. I'm like, I don't I don't know what your what your point is here. But the idea that there's no role for the state, laughable. La- I get it. You want to turn Indianapolis into a Madison, Wisconsin or a Berkeley. Well, that's California. It's the whole place. A Madison, Wisconsin. Don't be surprised when the state says, wait a second here. You're all nuts. So it was going to be uh, the, the, this enhanced economic district, this tax district was going to be pushed aside. Now there's an amendment uh, that changes how the tax might work. It gives another seat to an advisory board. So the governor gets a third member, allows for the tax district to be drawn larger than the mile square, although boundaries would have to be equal on each side. So the state is going to say, well, you can't just do it to the mile square, but if you want to create a big old tax district, we're cool with that. I think the whole thing should have been thrown out. We will continue to follow. I I understand uh, that the chamber in downtown Indy want uh, this and want the amendment and, and they desperately want the tax district. They're wrong. I understand that they want it, but they are wrong in every single way. They are wrong. So we'll see what the state does. We'll see how this... Uh, this, uh, what is it called? Oh, that's right. Supermajority. We'll see how they act. See if they, see if they stand up or not. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. to be unsurprising and it's because it, the poll is, is 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 about posturing it does not engage what people will really do tony katz 93 wibc good morning on tony katz today i'm gonna get into american airlines raising their bag fees 
Please stop making flying so impossible. It's all I ask. Why you do? Every day there's something else. You take all the government subsidies and you increase the fees and you make the experience less pleasurable and the TSA is as abusive as the day is long. Good Lord. And then uh, producer Carl sent me a story about a passenger on, on, a, on a plane. This was a United flight from San Francisco to Boston. It had to land in Denver. The wing was coming apart. Coming apart. I mean, there are photos. I, I, I leave for Israel on, on Wednesday, next Wednesday. It's a, it's a 12 hour flight. Maybe, maybe uh, if we could just take the week and not share these stories with me, that'd be fantastic. I'd appreciate it very, very much. Thank you. Just, ah. The polling stated that in New York, that people would vote for Trump over Biden. Jewish voters like Trump over Biden by nine points. Nothing about that poll is surprising whatsoever. If we were to make some kind of claim that in the main Jews have an affinity for Israel and you see how Biden has treated Israel, you would say Trump was better for Israel and you'd say that uh, there, there is uh, support for, for Trump over Biden. Show me where that takes place in a general election. The problem with polling, and especially polling like this, is that this is about making yourself feel good. This isn't about how you will actually vote when the moment comes. I have zero belief that Jews in New York, Democrats, are going to say, nope, I got to vote for Trump, not Biden, if indeed it is Trump versus Biden. No way, shape, or form do I believe such a thing. And I think believing such a thing is insane. But saying so on a poll makes sense because it's about a visceral reaction to something happening now. Those same people, when when the time comes... In November, and they walk into their polling place, assuming they didn't vote early. You know what they're going to say? Man, that Joe Biden is terrible for Israel and clearly is on the side of Hamas. But abortion, click for Democrats. That's what's going to happen. So the idea that people would put stock in this, big, big, big mistake. I got asked yesterday, and it is the right question. How does the Republican Party plan to combat the abortion conversation in 2024? All this talk about Trump or Biden, no conversation about Senate races, no conversation about congressional races, no conversation about governor's mansions, no conversations about state houses, no conversations about city council races, no conversations about school board races. You want to talk about the problems with the Republican Party. 
They're focused on one thing, one thing only. That's the presidency. They don't care about anything else where actual governing gets done. It's a mistake on mistake on mistake. But then again, populism is a mistake. So here we are. But how do you combat the abortion conversation? I thought it was a solid question. Because if we take a look at 2022, abortion won the day for Democrats. Well, you overturned Roe v. Wade with the Dobbs decision. And for 50-some-odd years, the political left told you that abortion is religion. And then you took people's religion away from them, and they went out of their heads. How in the world... How in the world do you do you push back on that? What is the plan there? Now, I should tell you, and I, I, I should, I, I, I have ideas on how to do this, but I thought the question was great because where is the Republican Party on this? Where is the Republican Party on winning? And the answer is, I don't know. I don't see it. We talk about the money that gets spent by the RNC, which is broke, by the way. Everything, I don't know how much money is actually going from donations to Trump, for example, to his legal bills versus actually running for office. But in the RNC, the money is not there. Another reason why Ronald McDaniel has to go. But there seems to be no money for down ticket races, no money for Senate races, no money for any of these things. None. What is the message? Trump and nothing but? That's the whole message? The entirety of the message? Not keeping your money in your pocket? Not uh, economic security? Not border security? Uh, not security for your, for your family? Not about a better way of life, not about a, a path forward uh, to allowing you and, and your kids a more freedom and more opportunity. No conversation with black voters about being the first generation of black Americans to have wealth to leave to other generations in, in a large scale and how they should be able to keep it. No conversation with Hispanic voters regarding the need for border security and the abuses of illegal immigration towards you who may have actually worked the system to be here legally. There's there's nothing. Abortion? Not, Not even a thought process in how to engage that conversation. So we can keep talking about how Trump's going to win South Carolina is going to be the nominee. Great. Are we going to talk about winning at all? Because I, I think we should talk about winning. And just like this poll, every conversation about Trump is inconsequential. We have to talk about winning. These New Yorkers might say they favor Trump over Biden. Jewish voters. That will not be the case when they enter the polling place. Republicans better be ready for that. Matt Bear has got traffic. What's up, Matthew? Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. How bad is it? Don't sugarcoat it. Give it to me straight. Want coffee? I think I need some coffee. 
Time to fill up on the news. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. Fill up on the news presented by Absolute Wealth Management, LLC, the Absolute Wealth Retirement Planning Show. Sundays, 9 a.m. WIBC and WIBC.com. Uh, Dow futures down 82. NASDAQ down 115. Big thanks to all the people now following on social media. Talk about the blue line. Everyone's got something to say. And uh, once again, we are we are the conversation starters. Beyond Meat is launching a healthier version of its burger in a bid to win back customers. Now, are, are you are you telling me that their burger that had no meat wasn't healthy? Is this the argument that their burger, the whole push to fake meat, how much better it is for you, wasn't healthy? So Beyond Meat, which had hit big when it when it started, fell off. Meat alternatives, uh, the retail sales falling off 33% compared with a year ago. Third quarter, sales fell 29%. And that happening over the last two years. The stock had valued the company four and a half years ago at $14 billion. It's now $463 million. So maybe, maybe that, that, that earlier conversation about the $14 billion was uh, faulty. So they're now uh, uh, engaging a reformulation. The original burger was launched in 2016. It uses avocado oil, which cuts the saturated fat fat by 60% to two grams, and they cut the sodium. So it has less fat and less salt. Sounds delicious. I don't know. uh, A full disclosure. I I have zero against the concept. I, I am I am a meat guy. For 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 the record, um, I I I I am fine with me. If if you haven't met me, if if you didn't know, I'm a guy who is a really really big fan of um of steak. Cooking a steak, wouldn't it be great? You could be my mate. Cooking a steak. For goodness sake, will you please be my mate and come and cook a steak? Steak. We play that every Monday because uh, Indianapolis doesn't want you to eat meat on a Monday. Oh, no, all about the meatless Monday. Uh, I don't like this attack on uh, on restaurants, so uh, we, uh, we, we, we celebrate the meat. We celebrate eating meat on a, a, a Monday. Now, on Fridays, if you don't want to eat meat, well, okay, certain times of the year, we will allow that. That's, that's totally fine. Got no problem. Not coming from government. <laughs> we're, we're good with it. If you want to eat Beyond Meat, go right ahead. If you like it, have it. But I do think it's interesting that they had to reformulate to engage the idea of healthy, which would have been, of course, I would have figured the entire marketing. But people saw that it wasn't. Just like electric vehicles. It's not that it can't be out there. It's just not for everybody. 
And you can't force it on people no matter how hard you try. They just don't want it. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Beyond Meat here. Maybe they've got a great future. Maybe it's all going to work out well for them. Maybe, uh, maybe not. That's what's going on. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. don't think I should be able to make an argument. I'm going to engage in opinion. Red line doesn't work. Blue line won't work. It's, I cannot believe the anger. The absolute, how dare you disagree with this? The red line doesn't work. The blue line's a bad idea. We shouldn't do these things in Indianapolis. And of course, it's about getting cars uh, off the road. You don't have a right to say anything. You should shut up. The same people who publish my home address. They're going to tell me how to be decent. It's, It's a treat. Tony Katz. 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. Uh, We are and have reached out to the governor's office. We are reaching out to the attorney general's office, reaching out uh, to the general assembly to find out what is true, what is the story, as reported to Fox News, about this Indiana couple that had their child taken from them by the Indiana Department of Child Services because they wouldn't use the proper pronoun. Child removed and placed with a family, uh, I I should say a quote-unquote gender-affirming home. A boy who claimed they were a girl, uh, wanted to use pronouns, wanted to use a name, and the family said no. You remove that child? We need answers. And as I have stated throughout the morning, as I have stated throughout the morning, if the story, if the reporting is accurate, because I, I think that's that's the first step, there's no need for the Indiana Department of Child Services. This is, this is an abusive organization. If you're taking children away from parents because they won't use a pronoun, they shouldn't use a pronoun. They shouldn't. If you're putting them in a place where, oh, here's your pronouns and here's the medicines that you could take, even though you're a 14-year-old, that's abusing children. Why would the state of Indiana ever allow such a thing? And I think it's going to anger some people that I start with, first, what's legit about this reporting? What is legitimate 
about this reporting. I want that's the first part. Do we have every part of it accurate? I am not accusing Fox News of not reporting it properly. I want to make sure we've got the backup on it from uh, either the governor's office, Department of Child Services, uh, others who may uh, have have some knowledge. I found about out about the story yesterday when you did. I did not see this story in any Indiana publications. It was not brought to me. It got released by Fox. I've been talking about it all morning. Every hour, actually. So, uh, Attorney General Todd Rakita, Governor Eric Holcomb, we want the answers to the questions. What exactly is the case here? Did child services remove a child from a home because the parents wouldn't use pronouns? If that happened, that is abusive from the Department of Child Services, and the Department of Child Services needs to be ripped apart, gone, done. You say to me, well, Tony, what about the good work they do? If you're taking children from parents, all that good work, poof, gone. It's like the end of the usual suspects, gone. So we need to know the answer here. We need to understand what took place here. This story goes back to 2019. The investigation, according to the reporting from Child Services, began in 2021. Now, this may go in front of the Supreme Court. We want to know the story. We want answers to the questions. And we're going to keep reaching out to the governor's office until we get an answer. He's not commenting on this? Yeah, he is. I only assume the Attorney General's office is going to comment on this. I would assume that questions should be asked to gubernatorial candidates. Now, I I will tell you, uh, full disclosure, we've started our interviews with with, uh, those candidates. We're doing one-hour sit-downs with them. Not every question exactly the same. Uh, Some people asking this, some people asking that. Um, Because of how we've done the other interviews, and because we're already into it, for the sake of the interview series I'm doing, this question won't be asked. But it will be asked outside of that interview series in other interviews. Every, Every single candidate should be on record with where they are with this. The role of child services... And are they actually protecting children? Because it seems to me that if you're going to put a child in a home that's going to let you claim you're a girl when you're a boy, that's not actual care. That's abuse. Abuse. And we should call it abuse. We should say it is what it is what it is. And we should push back against it. And we should fight against that level of viciousness. This is going to go to the Supreme Court. Okay, speaking of the Supreme Court, a dissent from Samuel Alito that was brutal because the Supreme Court was asked to take a look at a case regarding Virginia high schools and their admissions program and the allegation that it discriminates against Asian Americans. So it was Thomas Jefferson High School. Uh, They appealed to the Supreme Court 
claiming that uh, the school imposes a roundabout way of filtering for race admissions they say violates the 2023 ruling from the Supreme Court on affirmative action in college admissions. Supreme Court decided not to hear it. And Samuel Alito, joined by Clarence Thomas, went nuts calling the lower court decision, the Fourth Circuit decision, patently incorrect and dangerous. And and I'm quoting, what the Fourth Circuit majority held in essence is that intentional racial discrimination is constitutional so long as it, as it is not too severe. This reasoning is indefensible and it cries out for correction. Dude, there are times the court does not take cases the court is supposed to take. And sometimes it doesn't do it because they want the case brought in a different way that that maybe uh, some feel will give them the opportunity to make a, effective change. If you're implementing quotas and keeping people who are Asian from even being able to apply to the Ivy Leagues, that's gross. Then again, stop applying to the Ivy Leagues. Let's change the whole concept. I will try and get to that on Tony Katz today at noon. I will catch you then. 